Lord, help us now to understand your word in a special way. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this year, through uh, the Advent season, we're going to be, as I already said, we're going to be looking at different individuals during the Advent Christmas season that lived and breathed it out in a special way. You know, we tend to sometimes think of the Christmas story as this cute, quaint, wonderful story, but it was more than that. It was real people, real people that were a part of the most important message of all, that God had sent his son in this world to save people. So we're going to look at like Zachariah, the shepherd, one of the wise men, Joseph, Mary, and then we're going to look at it through the eyes of God on Christmas Day. And so we want to encourage you to be a part of this time, uh, a special time. I'm not saying that absolutely this is how these characters saw Christmas. I'm just kind of exploring the possibility of what it might have been like for them personally, emotionally, and mentally as they went through this time. There are four questions that we're going to encourage everyone to look at each week. Those four questions are included in your uh, bulletin, but uh, what about Zechariah did you learn this year? How did God use Zechariah? In what way am I like Zechariah? And in what way can God use me like Zechariah? Those are the questions I want you to contemplate this morning. But uh, after all of that, I'm now going to change a little bit here. I'm going to become Zechariah. So, every man wants a legacy. Every man wants something that lives beyond themselves. Something that at the end of their life, they can fold their hands and close their eyes and be at peace with God. Now, most men, that legacy means that it will come through their children, their son or daughter, because nothing is greater for a parent than to see their son or daughter embrace their purpose, their God purpose. But what if, what if a man doesn't have the privilege, the opportunity to have a son or daughter? What then? What can be his legacy? My name is Zachariah. My wife's name is Elizabeth. I've had the privilege of serving in the temple as a priest, but there's always been an empty spot. The reason for that is because Elizabeth and I have not been able to have a child. Now, as I served in the temple, I would often go into the temple to offer up a burnt incense to the Lord as people gathered to celebrate God's faithfulness. Now, you would probably say, that should be more than enough for any man. But there was always an empty hole, an empty hole in my heart. That was until about nine months or so ago. In those nine months, Something amazing happened, but I'll, I'm going to tell you about that first initial contact. As I was in the temple, an angel of the Lord appeared to me. At first, I was startled and greatly afraid, 
But then the angel spoke to me and said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife will bear you a son, and his name will be John. I thought, how could this be? After all of these years of waiting and longing, now, in my old age, was this even possible? But the angel continued to speak. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many people will, will rejoice because of him. And he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Wow. I will have a son, and not only a son, but a son that will be great in the sight of the Lord? Now that would be a legacy, don't you think? And yet, I'm old. And Elizabeth, although beautiful and young-looking for her age, could she even have a child? The angel continued and said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. I've come to speak to you and tell you that you will be silent and not, not be able to speak because you did not believe what I've told you that will come true in its appointed time. And that is what I have been for the past nine months or so. I have been silent, unable to speak. The crowds had many, many questions. I had no answers until about the fifth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy when it became undeniable that she was with child. Whereas I could not speak, she could speak. And every time people asked her, she would say, the Lord has done this to me. He has shown his favor upon me. He has taken away my disgrace from the people. Such joy and anticipation she experienced. I experienced the same joy and anticipation, but I could not really share it because I was silent. I could not speak. And you know, waiting has never been good for me. And for me to be silent in that waiting was almost impossible. But I clung to the promise, the enormous promise that, that God was going to give me a son. And not only a son, but a son that would be a spokesperson to tell the world of God's greatest gift. But those nine months were long. Nine months of silence for a priest is almost impossible. And yet, God's grace is far greater, far greater than you could ever imagine. Then the day finally came and Elizabeth said, My water has broken. I was a stumbling, bumbling fool of pent-up emotions. I had seen and presided over the birth of many children, but this was completely different. This was my child, my one and only child. I don't know if I was much help as Elizabeth struggled through the birth pangs, but finally, finally, his cry 
awakened me to the responsibility of fatherhood. It was amazing. It was incredible. And yet, I still could not speak. I could not share with people the great news that I was a father, that I had had a son. I had to keep this all inside of myself, even though I wanted to shout it to the world. About eight days later comes the day of circumcision. That special time in which you get to take your baby boy and present him to the Lord, to set him apart for the Lord and give him his official name. Now let me tell you, for a priest, nothing is more precious and glorious than to offer up your son for the Lord. And yet I had to do it in silence. And when it came to the time in which we were to give his official name, Elizabeth had to speak for me. And she said, his name is John. The crowd went, what? Nobody in your family has that name. This is unconventional. What will Zachariah think? All of the eyes turned to me and looked at me. I asked for a writing tablet and I wrote on the writing tablet, his name is John. And with that, the nine months and eight days of prison, of silence, I was awakened. I was able to speak once again. And all I could do was to offer praise and wonder to the Lord. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and redeem them. For he has brought up the horn of salvation in the house of his servant David. This was in a glorious moment. You know, many people would say that would be enough. That would be the end of the story. But really, I want to tell you, that was the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story because my son, my son, had been called by God. And I had been chosen by God to be the father of the forerunner of the Messiah, the fulfillment of God's greatest promise to humankind, that there would be a Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus was born to bring about such a great salvation that all people could be blessed through him. Imagine that. That would be my legacy, that I would be the father of the forerunner of the Messiah, who would claim to the world that Jesus had come. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about Zechariah now. Uh, I'm going to ask three more follow-up questions. The first follow up question is this. Do you know that Jesus has come? When thinking of the Christmas story, our world has kind of taken the Christmas story and turned it into, at best, 
as I said earlier, a cute, quaint story about a baby born a long time ago in a far out of way place. But does the world understand what God was doing when he fulfilled the promise, the prophecy of sending his son into this world? You know, from the monologue of Zechariah, Jesus came to bring about a great day of salvation. That was why Jesus was born, to bring about salvation. And I'm going to be honest, we all need it, don't we? And why do we need it? We all need it because we're all sinners. We all have done something to separate us from God, something to keep us away from God. And there's no one better here, no one worse here. We're all on even plane. And so when I ask the question, do you know that Jesus has come? I'm not talking about do you know the story. I'm talking about do you know Jesus as the Savior? The one who was born in Bethlehem, who grew up and would die on the cross for your sins. You know, Christmas is a wonderful time of year, and I, I love the fact that children get it. When children are given a gift, do they reject a gift? Do they say stuff like, oh no, you shouldn't have. Oh no, I, I don't think I'll, I'll receive it. I'm not worthy of it. No, they rip into the present like it's the most wonderful thing. They receive it. You know, as we get older, we tend to downplay receiving gifts. I want to challenge you that no one should downplay the receiving of the gift of Jesus Christ this Christmas. We should dig into it, receive it, enjoy it, and, and just love the fact that God the Father gave it to us. And so how does one receive a gift? Just accept it. Well, thanks, Brooks. He had his hand up. <laughs> Have you ever rejected a gift, Brooks? No. Let's not reject the gift of Jesus Christ. It's too good. It's too special. And it's absolutely free. The second question is, what is your legacy? Zechariah, like just about everyone, I think, wants to have a legacy, a purpose that lives beyond himself. You know, when a pastor goes to seminary, one of the things they want to do is they want to be used by God to affect change in people's lives. That's their desire and their hope, is to have that kind of legacy that, you know, people's lives are changed and transformed, not by them, but by Jesus Christ, the work of God, but that God somehow chose to use them in spite of them, which is a wonderful thing. So I ask you, what is your legacy? When you get to the end of your life, are you going to be able to look back and say, man, God used me in a wonderful way? Now, I understand, you know, None of us here are going to have the legacy Zachariah had. I mean, we don't get to be the father, mother, 
the forerunner of the Messiah. But we do get to be a spokesperson, don't we? We get to be an example of Jesus in our lives. And so that can, that can be anywhere, can't it? <laughs> you know, it might be in our parenting, our grandparenting. It might be in Sunday school. It might be the fact that we are prayer warriors, praying for others to come to know Christ, to understand Jesus this time of year. It might be at your place of employment, or it might be in your school. But whatever it is, God has called you and me to have a legacy, and I think we all want that legacy. We want to be able to, at the end of our life, close our eyes and fold our hands and be at peace with our Maker. I would encourage you that during this time of Advent, this time of Christmas, to explore your legacy, your purpose. How does God want to use you? The last question is this. Do you know that Jesus will come again? Think about that. His first coming was surrounded with prophecy. It was surrounded with prophecy throughout the Old Testament, telling us that there would come a day when the Messiah would come. The tragedy is this. How many people missed his first coming? How many people who had all of the prophecy that said he would come missed it? And is it possible that today all of us who have all of the prophecies saying that Jesus will come again will miss it a second time? And, and that will be a great, great tragedy, won't it? You know, the word Advent means coming. That's why it's called Advent. There was the first Advent. Jesus came as a baby. He came as a baby born into this world to die for our sins. The second Advent, the second coming of Jesus, he comes as a conquering king. Coming to gather his own coming to judge those who have put their trust and faith in him and tragically those who have not put their trust and faith in him. So I think as we explore Advent this year, I challenge you to ask the question, are you ready for his second coming? Are you ready for his return? Because if the first prophecies were fulfilled, we can be assured that his second prophecy about his second coming will come true too. And so those are the three questions that I have for you this morning. Do you know that Jesus has come? What is your legacy? And are you ready when Jesus comes again? Wrestle with those during this season. In the midst of all of the songs, all of the family gatherings, wrestle with those questions and let Jesus have more of your life. Let's pray.